Your odds of being surrounded by nice, decent people who are like you goes up astronomically in a red state. That's my point. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on this show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Today, we're going to talk about real-life examples of how much better life is in a red state compared to a blue state by looking at our past two years here in Montana. We have some profound observations that will either motivate you to move to a red state or make you realize how good you have it in one. And remember, as always, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. So as we talk about this uh, moving to a red state, you might be- What a timely topic. What a timely topic. For our sponsor. And or you're like, I've moved to a red state and oh my gosh, everything they're saying is true. And you want to have that experience and move and and feel the freedom that we're going to describe today. I encourage you to reach out to Paul Burke. He is one of our amazing sponsors. You can find him at prepping2-0.com. Click on friends and affiliates. You'll see him over there. And he's a realtor that specializes in finding prepping properties for the average person as well as for first responders. In which state? In Idaho. Yeah. An amazing... And no, no, Idaho. It's an amazing place to move to. And Idaho's had rumors out there that it's turning bluish, purplish, and reddish. And Paul it, says that's not true. It's not true. And have that conversation with him, especially. Mm-hmm. So a guy who knows what he's talking about. On the, on the boots ground guy. That, on the ground what? boots. On the ground boots. So you can find him. Yeah. <laughs> Again, at prepping2-0.com. Uh, Paul Burke, Idaho Realtor. Um, you can also find him at First Response. Realty.com, powered by Fathom Realty. Now it's time for the top 100 things that disappear first. This is a list from Bosnia Survivors. It's up on our website, which is prepping2-0.com on the homepage on the right, top 100 things. Number 13, water containers. What have we always said? Water, 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 water. Water is the most important physical prep, and water comes in a system. It's not just physically having water, that you need treatment, you need storage, and you need transportation, and you need security as a giant system. So water containers, very wise. That's something that I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily immediately think of because they're like, well, of course, water comes out of the tap. You don't really think of water containers. And that's the beauty of or the top Or if you think about list. it, oh, I, have, I have a river out, you know, a mile away. Mm-hmm. Well, think about how, yeah. how heavy that water is and how you have to move it. So it's a system. Reason of the week to be a Patreon? That would be you get to hear the lightning round in the after show. Here's what you missed in the after show. Lightning round. Lightning round. Alrighty. Okay. Glenn, yes. a penguin, walks through that door right now wearing a sombrero. What does he say and why is he here? It's Taco Tuesday. Enjoy some penguin tacos. Let's get into it. So we talk a lot about moving to a red state. If you're not convinced or you're on the bubble about making the move, this show is for you. It will motivate you. And if you're already in a red state, this show will make you realize how good you have it. Either way, this show is worth an hour of your time. So please sit back and enjoy. Well, we're going to start off with our discussion by setting the table, providing you context for those new listeners. And we have a lot of new listeners every week. Thank you so much. We moved from Washington State to Montana. We started the move uh, two years ago in April. We actually landed here in, in August of 2021. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> I know, it's like, <laughs> a train wreck. Just saying, like, saying the numbers twenty twenty one. It sounds like a, two years a train ago, wreck. and yet it seems like yesterday. There's a lot. There was a lot of hard work. So keep going. Exactly. So we just wanted to give everybody um, a, a two year look back, and the reason we came up with this idea for a show topic is this is full of real life examples of why it's better in a red state. We're not just going to say. Well, in red states, the tax burden is 14% lower. We're not going to give you statistics. We're going to tell you real life stuff. And we had to be here a couple years to fully figure out how much more awesome a red state is. And by the way, I talk about red states, so does Shelby. 
we're not just saying that Montana is the be-all and end-all. It worked out very well for us, as you will hear about, and we can describe why. And there are a ton of great red states. I highly commend to you becoming, if you're not already a Patreon, becoming a $5 Patreon and going back and looking at all the video bonus shows to which you have access as a $5 and up Patreon. We did a series of spotlights on various red states. And what we did is we had listeners from a given red state come on and do a video uh, chat with us. And they described why their state was a good fit, what was good about it, and in some cases, what was bad about it. If you are thinking about moving to a red state and you don't know which one, you know, put down your phone, put down your desktop, and and quit looking at statistics and tables. Yes, that is important. But what you ought to do is hear from like-minded people in these various states and in a, in a very easy-to-follow uh, conversational format. So we highly commend the video bonus shows Absolutely. from the past. And they, they've been in about the past year or something like that. So we wanted to start off. We only have a couple sort of topics. And this is going to be very, very con- conversational very in contrast re- and reflective. Yeah. In contrast, our last show, which, by the way, got great, great comments, great feedback. It was on low birth rates in the Western world, which is a topic no other prepping show, to my knowledge, has ever tackled. It it has everything to do with whether Western civilization survives. You'd think that would be a topic mm-hmm. that people would care about, but apparently nobody's talking about it. So that we that show, that topic, we had a lot of information to present. And so we we took about an hour and came up with an outline so we could, you know, respect your time and not go down rabbit trails. This show, while there will be no rabbit trails, this show is a lot more conversational because it's about our lives and not just our lives. This isn't about Glenn and Shelby. What we're talking about, we believe to be true for people that move to red states and people that already live in red states. So this isn't just like Dear Diary, like here's what happened to me today. I ate a breakfast burrito. It was delicious. And then I had a popsicle. It was blue raspberry. Why is raspberry blue? No, you're not going to get that. But I, if I can add this as we before we get going, and we always do this. And you can try to top my blue raspberry comment. Um, no, no, not, not even because that's a rabbit trail that he said mm-hmm. he, we weren't going to go down. Uh, one of the questions we get all the time from not just listeners, like I just met somebody yesterday who bought some eggs for me, and he said, "So what made you move here?" People ask us I that know. all the time, and this is kind of our answer to that mm-hmm. question, and and in a reflective mode as we think about. Those moments, and we have them all the time, Glenn, mm-hmm. back me up oh, on yeah. this, where we're like, this is awesome. We've been here 10 years, but we are still in awe. So what's your answer when people say, why'd you move Freedom. Here? Freedom. And then you fill in the blanks from there. Depending on the person, you may or may you not. You get a vibe if you should go into right. this deeply or not deeply. And I often call myself a political refugee if I sort of trust the person and I think they're of like mind, which most people in Montana are. So- but I mean, sometimes I just say freedom, and when they ask, I uh, if I if I think they can handle the story, <laughs> I uh, I tell them about how a Democrat governor um, shut down the hospitals during mm-hmm. COVID in Washington State, preventing me from having a cancer screening because they had to empty out all the hospital beds for all the stacks of bodies that were in the parking lots of the emergency room. Oh, that's right. That didn't happen. And everybody knew it wouldn't happen. So anyway, my cancer screening was delayed until I got colon cancer. And I tell that story and I say to people, I say one of the reasons, and there are many, to move to Montana. And again, when we say Montana, fill in the blank of every red state because it's all kind of the same. One of the reasons to move to this red state, I tell people, is medical freedom and and rational medical decisions by the authorities because none of that kind of stuff happened in Montana. So that's kind of how we answer that question. And um, we again, you got to read the person. Most people are pretty cool. And a great segue into our first topic, which is the a reason to move here that we didn't fully anticipate being as impactful as it is, is the people. The people here, even if they're a little bit moderate or even slightly lefty. I have a, a business um, associate, a client actually, who's, you know, kind of purpley blue 
And I said to her, um, I told the story about the cancer thing. And she said, yeah, that kind of makes sense. In other words, there's no partisan biting the head off. You know, the whole thing about Thanksgiving dinners and how they turn into fist fights. It, you don't see that. Even the lefties and the moderates, and they're really more moderate than full on lefty. Even the the moderates here in Montana are at least respectful. And, you know, I, I get along with people who are leftists provided one thing, and this very rarely is true, provided they are not a hater. If they say, hey, I think Karl Marx had some great ideas, but I'm open to hearing what you have to say. We can have a great conversation. I will, of course, shred them because Karl Marx had a bunch of terrible ideas. But still, people are open-minded here. What are some of your um, perceptions of people here in Montana? So as a, the the – Caliber and I hate and we were cautionary when we were yeah. talking about how to talk about this. The caliber, the the qualities, qualities mm-hmm. better, even better mm-hmm. of people are are like minded to us. They are prepping minded. They are hardworking. They're blue collar. They have um, dirt under their fingernails. Kind of people. They know the value of a buck and how hard it is to earn one. These are all prepping mindset sort of qualities. Those sort of people, where we lived in a rural part of Western Washington, were difficult to find. Uh, definitely the exception instead of the rule. We were the weirdos. We were we were the weirdos, and we had to keep it very hush hush. Who we are, what we do, why we have so much storage on our property, why we keep an enormous amount of chicken. You know what I why mean? Why I carried a gun? In why Washington we carry State a gun everywhere we go? We had to keep that hush hush. When we're in Montana, we're with our people. These are people that are like, oh, you've got a greenhouse. You should come see my garden. And I've got five, you know, 50 more chickens than you. And yeah, that's a good start on your ammo. I mean, it's, this is not when I, so when I say caliber, I'm not talking snooty country clubby. I'm talking yeah. like-minded. The snooty country clubby is what we escaped. Bingo. And, and that, that's so true. When we talk about the caliber of people, we're talking about basic, hardworking, Decent people. You know, it's it's unbelievable. America. America. It's, here's some examples of what we're talking about in Montana. I uh, was on my way on a business trip and I went through um, a snowy pass in Montana. And uh, all of a sudden I hit ice. I mean, it's completely, you know, black ice. I was on I-90, which is obviously a major highway. And I spun around across several lanes. Luckily, it was six in the morning and there was no one to hit. And I ended up uh, spinning out and landing in a snowbank with snow that was two feet high. Um, you know, got a four-wheel drive truck with great tires and not good enough, not for two feet of snow. Nope. So I waited a little while and and this guy pulls over. He's got a big beefy truck. And I said, oh, this is going to turn out well. And I see that he has California license plates. So I immediately uh, figure out where my pistol is in the console because I'm probably going to get in a gunfight because he's probably a scumbag. Um, You'll see how stupid I am when you hear the end of the story. Gets out. He says, hey, do you need a tow? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I got a tow strap. And so he he pulled me out of the snowbank. And and I said he was a super cool guy too, Hispanic gentleman I may add. Just in case anybody thinks prepping is a racist thing, uh, it's not. People are people. So I said to this Hispanic gentleman, presumably from California, "Hey, thanks." And I said, "I'm kind of embarrassed when I saw your California license plate. I assumed you know you you would act a certain way." And he said, "Oh, that? No, this is a company rig." He said, I- "I'm from here. I was born and raised in Montana." He goes, yeah. He said, I, I got to actually do something about that license plate because I get a lot of comments like this. So that's just one of many examples of common decency, people who were raised right. right. I think instead of caliber, we can say people who were raised right, were raised like we were raised, right. where you're a decent person, you take care of others, you care about others, you have no ego. That That is exactly how most people in this state are. In fact, it's you got to go out of your way and go into a big city like Missoula to find somebody who's snotty. You really do have to go out of your way to find snotty. Now, there are some dishonest people. Um, given that I'm a lawyer, I deal with a lot of dishonest people on the other side, people who, for example, 
will build a road on their neighbor's property when their neighbor is out of town based on a true story. So I'm not saying that humanity, this is the Garden of Eden and everybody's nice. I'm just saying that your odds of being surrounded by nice, decent people who are like you goes up astronomically in a red state. That's my point. So one of the other things we wanted to talk about was is kind of the, the moral compass. Did we want to go into that? Yes, please. So kind of the moral compass. And it's been kind of, if you've been watching the news in the last couple of weeks, you, you might have seen it because it's made national news. So the legislature in Montana, just like many state legislatures, just signed off. But in the last few weeks of our legislator legislature session, Let's call it this session because the word legislature just gets me. Mm -hmm. It takes up so much time. In the closing days of this session, there are two people that are transgender in Montana's legislature. Mm -hmm. And one of them, well, you know the story better. Tell the story because I'm going to mix it up. Um, So this is a great example of how things would turn out differently in a blue state and a red state. So hanging on this story. This story is important, though. So you can get to the So here in the red state in Montana – There was and still is a transgendered member of the House of Representatives, biological male, who um, identifies as a woman. Um, There, I'm going to use a neutral pronoun because I don't want to get into the misgendering thing, but I don't want to cave into it. So I'm just going to go neutral because that just makes the story go better. They are named Zoe Zephyr. Zoe Zephyr made a floor speech. And what people don't understand about legislative bodies is every state constitution says a house or a Senate can make its own rules and it's in the state constitution. It also says they can expel members upon usually that says something like good cause, but the courts don't have any jurisdiction to figure out what good cause is. It's galling to many people who think we live in a quote democracy, which we don't. It's a constitutional republic. But you can be kicked out. You can be duly elected to the House of Representatives and kicked out if two-thirds of the members of that body want you out. Now, it's very, very rare for them to kick people out just because they don't they didn't like how the election went. It's technically possible, but people don't understand this because we don't teach civics anymore. True. By the way, we do in Montana, yes, but I don't do. mean to go down a rabbit hole. So back to Zoe Zephyr. There is a decorum rule which says, in essence, you cannot insult members of the body. And let me just put it out there. That's in many legislature, yeah. legislative rules. Even in blue states. And they're ignored. So in I'm going to give you a preview. In blue states, those are ignored. Or it, used against conservatives. Used, exactly. So keep Ex- going. Unfairly. Now. So Zoe Zephyr um, said, and I paraphrase, but it's essentially – what it what she said uh pardon me they said that's it yes yes um god that's so hard it is it is um so there was a bill um about trans stuff that said uh i think it was drag show ban or something oh it was the the bill that said you cannot uh surgically mutilate or chemically castrate children uh should not be controversial but to the left it is and so during debate on that bill Zoe Zephyr says, the next time members of this body bow their heads in an invocation, they should look down at their hands and they will see blood on their hands. Clearly Christophobia. Christophobia, I've never heard that term before. Well, you have now. You know, there's homophobia, which is a made up phrase for the ideas that straight people are scared of gay people. No, Straight people, in my experience, are not afraid of gay people. They have some policy differences, which last time I checked was an okay difference to have. But Christophobia is the irrational fear and hatred of Christians. Yes, it's a real thing. Zoe Zephyr exhibited Christophobia by basically saying everyone who bows their head in praise has blood on their hands. And let me just point out, in blue states... If a conservative legislative member had said such a thing, they would have experienced what Zoe Zephyr experienced in this instance. I'm just putting it out yeah. there. So go so ahead. The, yeah, you're just making the point that these yes. these expulsions happened. She didn't get expelled, by the way. So then um, the, the Speaker of the House in Montana said we're going to have a vote on whether to censure or potentially expel Zoe Zephyr. 
Um, when that was pending, um, a, a, a organized bunch of thugs stormed the Capitol oh, and tried to oh, take it over. Whoa, that's. Yeah. Yeah, it's called that me peacefully you, protesting. Let me just point out how many times in this. I come from the state of Oregon. Me, Shelby Gallagher, Glenn comes from the state of Washington. I lived in Washington with Glenn for several years. How many times uh, thuggish groups stormed the Capitol in those states was a lot. Routinely. Routinely. Nothing ever happened. But my goodness, if you have um, an R by your name or you have carrying American flag or you are conservative anyway, if you storm the Capitol, you're arrested. Exactly. So I'm just putting this out there. So by the left's own definition of an insurrection, looking at January 6th, by the left's own definition, what happened by the leftist uh, insurrectionists was an insurrection. But we're not getting down rabbit holes. We're, we're getting too detailed here. So I'm just going to tell you the story about how Montana handled this. When the peaceful protesters slash insurrectionists did what they did, Zoe Zephyr held her fist up, you know, like the uh, black power thing from the Olympics, mm -hmm. right? Held her fist up and encouraged them. That's what got her busted. The Republican Speaker of the House and a unanimous vote of all Republicans in the Montana House, which is over two thirds, which should tell you something about this state, um, voted to take away her floor privileges so she would have to be in her office or somewhere else. She could not be on the floor to incite more insurrections. And so they did something very decisive and bold. They actually disciplined her. I think it was, it was measured and fair and reasonable. Instead of kicking her out of her seat, it was stopping the problem that she right. was creating. And she can still conduct, I'm sorry, they, they can still conduct their legislative votes and participation remotely. This exactly. Is, this is not. It was not stripping. It was not taking away the voice. It wasn't silencing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're getting far too into the yeah, details. The I basic want, point is. Yes, th that whole story. Go ahead. The basic point is, is that in Montana, this kind of nonsense is not put up with. And you know what it did? It galvanized a lot of us that are sick and tired of the left and their childish antics and their thuggery. It was so refreshing for us to see the authority figures, in this case, the House and the Senate, the yeah. majority of the House who voted two thirds for this, to see the authorities actually standing up for decorum and order and actually taking the hits that they were going to take in the newspapers about silencing a transgendered person and absolutely, all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the, mor the moral compass that was shown for this. Now, keep in mind, there's some squishy conservatives in Montana's legislature that, that could have ruined that vote. Instead, they locked arms and they came together. I was really impressed by that. Um, but we, what we're saying is, look at what happened here. Had this happened in another state where we come from, Western Washington, Oregon, California, there would have been applause. There would have been bring in more thugs because there never would have been two thirds of a legislative no. body that was Republican. That this could person actually would have been allowed to. to keep calling in the thugs. It would have been, a, a, you know, a big kumbaya sit in there. And that's how the press would have presented it and absolutely would not have happened. So, folks. We're just, I can't believe it. We have to take a break. So don't go away. We're going to talk about more good things about moving to a red state on the other side of the break. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. 
Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF, ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple-to-install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for rejoining us, folks. Uh, We're just getting started with our conversation about real-life examples of why life is better in a red state. For even more, we're just getting started. Stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter. And Patreons get to hear the lightning round. Just want to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. You can check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com. Be sure to click on the friends and affiliates page. There's also lots of awesome coupon codes with many of these sponsors. There's Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine, Numana Foods, Minutemen Coffee, yes, they are powering Shelby right now. EMP Shield focuses on how to protect your home from an EMP or CME. Kibbs Firearms, great folks over there. Pro One, they make water filters. And water filters are important because you need water. We were talking about the Bosnia list, the water storage, and water being a system. You don't need just physical water. You need water transportation water storage and water treatment this is the most inexpensive prep you can possibly have you want to bang for buck if you had to do one prepping item i think it should be a pro one water filter because without water you are dead archive dive we go back and we look at the old episodes because we have so many new listeners they may not know about some of the gems we have we're going way back in the time machine we're going back to November 2018. We apologize now for this sound quality. <laughs> yes, yes. We recorded these with gamer headsets on our couch. In our living room. Yeah. Yes. It was pretty bad. But the content is fabulous. And so it is a classic episode. And Shelby, I'm going to put you on the spot here. 
I think we need to redo this episode yes. and update it. And, and especially with a conversation our, we have all the time with preppers. It exactly. Is. And, and to have it with our new fantastic production quality, given our fantastic producer, Madge. It was episode seven. It's called Non-Preppers Who Think They Can Come to Your Place When SHTF Happens. And this is something that all preppers confront. We have some thoughts on it. Take it away. Let's go back to where we were talking about our journey here to Montana. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time kind of fleshing out the moral compass of Montana is is in line with our moral compass. We're not living in a state where... We're the weirdos. We're the weirdos. So here's just one to make this finer point. We moved away from Washington. Washington State just passed a law mm. that if you do not allow your young child to Be- take... Genitally mutilated and or chemically castrated. Because of this whole gender reassignment discussion. If you do not allow them to do that, you can lose custody of your children. They will hide. The state of Washington will take your kids and hide them from you. So for those of you who say to us, and we get it, we were there, we've been there. It's okay. I live in a rural part of a blue state. Right. That well. same blue state is, especially in the rural communities, mm-hmm. will come and take your children. So the effects are still there. So while we're talking about how awful, we're talking about real life examples, how awful a blue state like Washington is compared to here. About a week or two ago, Washington passed a ban on the sale and not the possession. That's a big difference. A ban on the sale or transfer of so-called assault rifles. Funny story. My good friend, Steve Briggs, who's a real guy from the 299 Days book series, best man at my wedding, logger, saved my life, for real. Uh, Great story. Sometime I'll tell it. And we got to have him on the show is actually the way to tell that story. So he calls me and he's a gun guy, but he hasn't really kept up with gun regulations. And he he just- He's a busy, hardworking dude. Yeah, he's a busy, hardworking dude. And so he calls me and he goes- yeah, hey, here in Washington, they uh, they say I can't buy an AR-15, you know, in a week or whenever the law took effect. He goes, kidding you not. He's not a dumb guy. He's just uninformed. He said, so can you like mail me an AR-15? And I said, that would break about four laws, all of which are felonies. And uh, you're a good friend and thanks for saving my life, but I'm not committing four felonies for you. No. I walked him through the process of what he needed to do. Now, luckily, I happen to know folks who manufacture AR-15s and they had a very dwindling limited stock of AR-15s and they were able to lawfully sell him and transfer an AR-15 before the ban took effect. So he ended up getting an AR-15. By the way, he'd been talking to me for years. He's like, yeah, I need to get an AR-15, you know, but they're like $500. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're never going to be lower priced. And here's why you ought to get one. And Here's where to get one. Here's how to get one legally and all of these other things. Anyway, it was funny. I was in a gun store in Montana, believe it or not. There's a lot of them in Montana. Yeah. Well, and I spend a lot of time in gun stores. Those of you familiar with the 299 Days book series know what I'm talking about. So I'm in a gun store doing some business and a guy comes in and this is right around the time that they announced the Washington ban and before it went into effect. And this guy, he's again, he's a smart guy. He's a hardworking guy. You could tell no Dumbo here. And he said, yeah, so uh, I live in Washington and I need to get an AR-15 and have it shipped to Washington. And (laughs) the guys in the gun store said, we could do that, but it's going to take a long time for it to get there. And by the time it gets there, the ban will be in place and we can't break the law. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? I'm at a gun store. I mean, it was like he was swinging through Montana. He thought he'd just grab an AR. Nope, doesn't work. And the shock on his face. And then I said something a little bit rude and I try not to be rude because people who are stuck in blue states often have pretty good reasons to be stuck in blue states. It's not like they want to be there. They have pensions or, you know, they're taking care of parents or whatever it may be, jobs, families, all of the things. So I said to him, that's why I moved from Washington. So there are a couple examples from the headlines from a couple weeks ago about absolute nonsense in blue states. And it keeps getting worse. Yeah, a year ago, they tried the ban on ARs or so-called assault weapons, and it didn't pass. This year it passed, passes, I should say. And last year there was 
no law that said that the state of Washington can kidnap your kids and hide them from you in order to mutilate or castrate them. And if anybody can poke a hole in my logic there or say that I'm not saying it correctly, let me know because it is mutilation and or chemical castration. Right. So irreparable. It keeps getting worse, worse and worse. And we're seeing among our friends who are still stuck in Washington, we're seeing statements like, man, this is getting even crazier than I thought it would. Or I don't know how much longer I can take it. The point is, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And people that didn't think it made sense to move a year or two ago because it hadn't gotten this bad yet are realizing, number one, it has gotten this bad. Or number two, it's going to continue to get worse. People in blue states are figuring out where their red line is, what it is, what kind of law do they need to see that gets passed that makes them call up U-Haul and get the heck out of Dodge. And I'll tell you what that is, going for the kids. the kids. And that's what this agenda that we're talking about that is kind of taking over blue states, that's what they're going for. Exactly. And I've said, and I swore I wouldn't do a rabbit hole, but here we go. I've said that the thing that the left doesn't understand about conservatives is that conservatives will go along with a lot of stuff because we're peaceful people. We don't like conflict. I mean, we defend ourselves, but we don't like conflict. We're busy with jobs. You know, we can't just take a day off and go storm the Capitol and all of that other stuff. So what they don't understand is when they saw conservatives not putting up a political fight on a variety of things, the left assumed, aha, conservatives don't care. What the left doesn't understand is that we conservatives have a red line, and that's our kids. We have two red lines, our kids and our faith. And Representative Zoe Zephyr managed to go after both of them and look what happened in a red state. So I can't stress enough how the people in a red state are just better. And it affects everything. Everything, and including the moral compass. So so let's go on to something a little bit more practical, if that's sure. okay. So I want to, we talked about this a little bit, and I experienced this more than you did at the time because you were sick. Mm -hmm. When we moved here, Glenn was recovering from cancer treatment, chemotherapy, recovering from that. And then within about six, eight months that we were here, COVID, the whole nine yards. So he's sick. So I was going through, because <laughs> why not? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't? Is remodeling our kitchen and yeah. parts of our Great house. Great time to do that. And um, building basically a big, we call it the beast shed, because we ha we needed it for our stuff. Uh, our stuff, which is honestly our preps. So that's, and that's part of moving to a place like this. You You buy what you can afford and then you make it fit you, which is what I was doing. And uh, so the two things that I had to have done, remodeling the kitchen, did not need a permit for. Nope. Uh, building a building. Yes. The, the, the shed. The, it's the 30 sh by 30 feet. It's, it's 35 by 35. Oh, okay. It's, it's a little big and it's intentionally big. It's meant to be a shop shed, all kinds of things, mm -hmm. very multi-purpose. That's a big structure building. It's got a cement slab. It's got electrical to it. It is a building. In the state of Washington, Mr. Tate, what would what would the permit process cost and how long would it have taken? Uh, it would have cost. There would have been uh, an environmental study that would need to be done. Uh, that's probably $10,000. It would have taken probably two years to do it. There would have been other permitting fees of several thousand dollars. The electrical permitting would have been several hundred dollars. That's not the electrician. That's the permitting that's fees. That's just the permit for it. Yep. Right. It would have uh, been impossible to do in the amount of time. Guess how many and regulations- we would still be working on it right now. Guess how many regulations we had to comply with to build a 35 by 35 foot shed in Montana. Tick, tock, tick, None. tock, zero. So- it's cautionary, though, when you move to a state like Montana, where there's not the building codes and permitting structures that there are in blue states. If you're buying something, do your yeah. due diligence because you could be buying something that doesn't have things that are up to good code. But that means so when we when we hired somebody to make this structure, it was a high quality, well-known 
not fly by the seat of your pants kind of contractor that did it. So we knew we were getting quality work mm-hmm. and it was to code work. Um, there are some electrical codes here, but it's real easy to just kind of, hey, let's just see if these two go together, <laughs> right? Um, so there was, we saved ourselves. I think you estimate about $50,000 in about three years of our own valuable time by building that here and not in a mm-hmm. blue state. That's, exactly. That's pretty insane. So let's go on to the other one. The other one is, <laughs> this is a funny story. So our house is older. It has septic. And we would like to, because of the structures on our property, we would like to get septic to a separate building that's on our property. And so is that new? Is that a new septic system or is it an old septic system? And I've talked about this story before. So I... Septic does require government to come take a look. Especially when you have a creek running through Right. We have a creek that runs through our property. There's water systems here. And I and I And that's fair. That is fair because that's reasonable. I don't want to put my septic into clean rivers. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I call in the county and they have to come look. And I'm like <laughs> it's I have, so funny. I'm like have my back to our house, which is where the septic is, and I know where the septic field is. And I'm like, I want something new right there. I'm thinking new septic system. And he's like, hmm. And he's basically measuring from the river, other well systems, the neighbors, the property line. And he's like, hmm. He said, let's talk about that house. I'm like, please, for the love of God, no. <laughs> no. Don't look at the curtain behind Come me, Come back please. with a warrant. No, no. <laughs> and he basically, in his very couched and careful way, saying, said to me, it's much easier to replace and expand a system. Wink, wink, wink. Nobody... You have the right to septic. That's the. Those are the words that he I said. Just, you have a right to septic in Montana, and I'm just like blink, blink, blink. What? And let's contrast this with Glenn's reaction. So, what, what was your reaction? You so, invited government on our property. What so are you doing? Shelby says, and, and she had a good point. She said we need to have the county out here. We have to. Yeah. We, we have to because our contractor wouldn't extend basically water and and sewage out to this outbuilding. He's like, we don't work on something because here's what happens. Somebody comes out and starts working. The neighbor, yeah. neighbors can tattle on you yeah. saying they're digging septic and they should, right? right so right. We, we couldn't cheat because right. our contractor wouldn't let us. You know, full disclosure, <laughs> right? So, and Shelby says, and everything she said was reasonable. She said, we need to have the county out here. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was like... You know, have you ever seen video of like cartel wars down in Mexico and somebody says to a Mexican farmer, oh, you should just call the police. And the Mexican farmer says, "Uh, no, I'm not going to call the police. And the fear in their eyes of the authorities, that's how my eyes looked. I was absolutely terrified of letting the county septic people on our property because I was used to the Washington system where you might as well call in an airstrike on your own position. (laughs) Because you've just, yeah, you now have a spotlight on your property. They know you want to do something. All of the, oh yeah, yeah. And so it worked out magnificently well. And when Shelby told me the story about the septic guy saying, you have a right to septic here in Montana, you do not understand the relief that went through my body. Now Now, are we going to have to... Jump through some hoops. Yes, right now they yeah. are doing ground monitoring to see where the water table is, and we. And here's the other thing: the septic system to our house is not young. Septic no. systems of that age will eventually fail. Yeah, we had to do this. Anyway. We need to do this anyway. So they're right now monitoring it. It's been almost a year. It's going to take some time, but it's not going to cost us. It's going to cost us. The cost of digging a hole and putting a new septic system in, both of which are totally legitimate Legitimate. and reasonable. So let me contrast that. So let's go back to the cabin. Yes, the cabin in Washington State. Do you, okay, you need to like just take a deep cleansing breath, Glenn, (laughs) and I'm going to tell the story. So that septic system. I'm feeling triggered. I know, stop it. You just need to sit there and breathe. So that, again, older home, it had not been serviced. No. For a long time. Yeah, forever. And this is right next to, I mean, this is on the beach. It's salt water. And it's on a hill. 50 feet away. And um, it hadn't been serviced. I'm like, Glenn, we got to get it. Somebody has to come and pump it out. I mean, it's it hasn't been pumped since you've owned, I mean, oh my gosh. So the problem with septic systems, especially older ones, is roots 
and trees and things start to grow over them. So guy comes out and he's, and basically there's a big like three inch root over the top of the cap. And he goes, I think that's cracked. And I think we have a problem. And the reason it's a problem, there is no space on this teeny little lot to put a new septic system. So we would have to get, and I checked into this and this oh is, gosh. this is not made up. This is real. I would have to get uh, an engineer, an environmental engineer. A septic designer. To design a system to put a septic tank on an adjacent lot, which I then had to pay one of my neighbors to let me use. And it had to have a pump. It would have been $40,000. And about eight years of time. And, and in the state of Washington, let's yes. just get to the fine point. They'll condemn that home. Oh, yeah. In a hot second. Oh, yeah. And make it so it's unlivable. They don't care. There's no right to septic. There's no right to your property. If you can't put a septic on it, it's not yours. We don't care if there's a house on it. So that how did was, this story turn this out? This was about, between the two of us, when we found out about that route, about eight hours of pure, unadulterated, fiery hot stress and sweat. Am I right? Oh, I, I could not control my body. <laughs> I was so stressed out because so, I knew it was the landowner's death penalty. Right, exactly. So I was able to find an awesome, praise God, and yeah. I'm serious when yeah. I say this, praise God, an amazing septic repair guy essentially that came out and he <laughs> it's funny he looked at the septic and he's like wow the things they could build 40 years ago that you can't yeah. now wow yeah you and could never replace you, this you can never do this and, and so he realized the idea here is to repair not and he's he came in and basically dug away that root and praise god the top of that cap was not cracked yeah he just had to do a repair. He did a report and the county still, they're still to this day sending me letters saying, hey, we'd love to come out and look at your thing. Uh, come get a warrant. First yeah. of all, we don't own it anymore. So that's on the next donor. But we were able to sell the property mm -hmm. with that clean and fine, well done report. Yeah. Right. So but what's, well, look at the difference though. Go ahead. Yeah. No, the difference. And these, these are quality of life issues. And, and. It's like getting enough sleep or being hydrated, not having tremendous quantities of unnecessary stress. And it's all government created stress. It is completely unnecessary. It exists in one kind of state and it doesn't exist in another kind of state. And Shelby and I talk about this all the time. We cannot put into words how much calmer and better and more positive Life is when you're not around a bunch of people that want to steal all your stuff and castrate your children. And if that's an exaggeration, guilty is charged. Absolutely. So, and we haven't even touched on the ability, and we can touch on it here a little bit because we have about, I don't know, five, I'm looking at the clock, five-ish more minutes. The ability to prep and do what we need to do to prep. So here on our property, let's talk about, we've talked about this a lot. Put in a greenhouse. That's another one. Put in a greenhouse with um, irrigation. We had a little bit of an irrigation hiccup, not because of regulations, but because of supply chain issues. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, thanks, Biden. Um, put in raised bed gardens. Put in fencing. All of those things would have required a permit and time and, and years. We were able to do all of this within one. It was a year ago at this time. The greenhouse was, was being built at mm -hmm. this time. It, in a f at the end of May, that's when they broke ground on the beast, the big mm -hmm. shop. And during the summer, um, early summer last summer, we had the cement pad put on the beast and the ele electrical done. All done. All of that was done before our Patreon event. Yeah. And by the way, all these crews that we had out there, the, the shed construction folks, the electricians, the irrigation guys. You know what's weird? Amazing. People showed up to do the work, number one, because they have a work ethic. And number two, they realized that in a small community like our town of about 2,000, word gets out really quickly if, if you don't show up. And third, they had employees who understood that they need to go to work. What a shocking concept. And all of, and actually, I would say for the greenhouse crew, that was one crew, and the beast building crew, they need more crews. Yeah. If you are in the trades, come there are here. Jobs in blue, and not in blue states, but in red states for you. A, a point of a fact, an acquaintance of mine is married to a guy who's a general contractor who moved from Oregon to Montana and can't believe the, the, 
the business opportunities here. So, it's unbelievable. So here's here's another little story. That if you are in the trades, uh, last fall, uh, 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 Joel had his senior pictures taken. I hired a guy that I found on Facebook <laughs> because why not? Um, out, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? And he comes and he's in a in a beat up truck and he's in kind of you know Carhartt overalls and he's been working. And he is in an apprentice program during the day for becoming a plumber. And he's almost done. And he does side jobs in plumbing. And he says, I charge $80 an hour. And I said, good to know. I'm going to keep your number. He said, my boss, who is a fully full licensed plumber, he just owns the business that he runs of plumbing. His rate is like 300 something an hour because he's a full bore, fully, what is the word? Credentialed. Fully credentialed plumber. This is what his boss says. And and saying this to Joel so that Joel understood, the boss says to this man, I don't even have to work and I make 200 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And and he just owns the plumbing business. And if he wants to go out and work, he's going to charge $300 an hour. So this guy that I'm talking to, his name's Zach. Zach's like, so if you need plumbing, let me know. I'll charge 80 an hour, but I'm, I'm cheaper than the other guy. That's the opportunity. And by the way, He's booked for six months in mm-hmm. plumbing doing $80 an hour, and he's an apprentice. There are jobs here in the trades that I want people to know. You can't find those jobs in blue states. Exactly. Well, I think we've mined out the topic of people are better here and a little bit of the economy um, and the regulatory climate. Here's another huge important thing. We have a, a couple minutes before we end the regular show and we go into the after show, we do not start big, cool topics right before the after show on purpose. It's just how it turns out. Here's the other topic. And I I came up with a title of it of societal stability. And here's what I mean by that. Here in a red state, and I did not appreciate how profound this was, mm. there is a lack of a civil war vibe here. I don't think nope. America is crashing and burning when I when I sit here in Montana. I did think that in Washington state because I was surrounded by people that wanted America to crash and burn and were very vocal about it. And here people love America. They love the decency and they're going to work hard to keep it that way. It does not feel like we're heading towards a civil right. war. We took a very controversial stand and did an episode recently called The Diminishing Threat of a Civil War in the United States. And one of the main reasons Shelby and I came to the conclusion that this isn't 2020, and it was that we were in a red state where it didn't seem like things were falling apart because things are not falling apart here. I cannot tell you how much less stressful, how much calmer oh gosh, yes. it is not thinking some awful, terrible thing is going to happen that nobody wants to have happen. But, but let me add to this as we get ready to wrap up here. People here know that there's rumblings out there yeah. in other states. And they're like, bring it here. We'll defend our state. Yep. I, I cannot stress on it. But, but they don't obsess about it. They go about their business and get their everyday stuff done. But they know. And trust me, the gun sales here say that they're ready to defend if it's needed. It's an amazing. Highest thing. per capita gun ownership of any state in America. Yeah. So that's all we have right now for the regular show. We're going to take this into the after show, talk about a whole lot of other things as well. But folks, just like we always like to tell you and remind you of Benjamin Franklin's fav- um, famous quote, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.